Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're tuned into Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in the virtual studio with me, I have Paul Murphy from the Canada Revenue Agency, the Senior Communications Advisor, who will be talking with us about some tax tip seasons for students. So thank you so much, Paul, for joining me today and welcome to CFRC. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to speak to your uh, to your audience. Yeah, so um, just jumping right into it. Um, taxes, obviously something mm-hmm. that students sometimes stress about. I know when I was a student during my time of my undergrad, um, filing things about income taxes and benefits and everything was really stressful. Um, mm-hmm. What are kind of the things that you would maybe recommend for students to have um, ready to file their taxes, whether that's documents, um, any paperwork, and what are some things that people should just have on file and really handy, I guess? Yeah, so you start out with your any uh, information slips you have, like a T4 slip if you worked uh, during the year. Uh, make sure you get T4s from all of your employers if you did more than one job. Uh, also, you should be getting from your uh, f- from your uh, educational institution, from the, from the school. They'll be giving you a, a receipt for your tuition fees. So make sure you've got that on hand. It's the T2202 form. And beyond that, I just want to give some a uh, basic advice that uh, we've actually, we're trying to make it easier for students and first time filers to understand the tax system. Because I know it can be, as you were saying, a bit stressful, a bit uh, Mm -hmm. frightening, but there's a new online learning tool that we've uh, just released this year. It's called Learn About Your Taxes. And it's specifically designed for students to learn about uh, what taxes are, uh, why we pay them, how to understand your pay stubs and your income tax slips, and how to do your taxes for the first time. So that's all on our website. It's uh, canada.ca slash guide dash learn dash about dash taxes. So you can just uh, do a keyword search canada.ca learn about taxes. It'll pop up for you. Okay, amazing. In terms of uh, COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. taxes then, um, are there any COVID-19, I guess, benefits that students should maybe um, check out and see if they're eligible and could qualify for any? Well, there's nothing specific uh, to what you're talking about. I know that uh, over the course of the past two years, so the government's been paying out emergency benefits, uh, such as the the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, the Student Benefit, and so on. If you received any of those, it's important to note that that's taxable income, and you have to report it on your tax return. So you'll get a T4A slip uh, showing how much you need to report. But above and beyond that, uh, when you file a tax return, there's a whole range of benefits that, uh, that you can apply for. Uh, for example, the quarterly GST HST credit comes up mm-hmm. four times a year. Uh, there's the uh, monthly Ontario Trillium benefit that's payable to, to uh, residents of Ontario, and you can claim uh, any kind of um, uh, rent that you paid uh, over the course of the year. Uh, you'll get uh, credit once a month for that. And then also for this year, it's important to point out the there's the climate action incentive. 
which is kind of colloquially called the, the carbon tax rebate. Okay. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be paid out uh, quarterly starting in July 2022. So you have to file a tax return to get that benefit. And it's going to be uh, instead in previous years that was being paid out as part of the tax return itself. When you filed your return, it would get uh, it was a line item on the tax return. Right. Starting this year, it's going to get paid out on a quarterly basis. So as you get your tax return into us uh, by April the 30th, so we can calculate how much you're entitled to and uh, put it into your bank account if you have direct deposit. Okay. And um, what's kind of the eligibility or criteria for that um, tax benefit? Yeah, for, for the climate action incentive, you just mm -hmm. have to reside in Ontario for tax purposes. And okay. the, the, there's no uh, income calculation basis. Like, you know, with, with some of the other benefits, it's based on what your income is. But right. with the, the climate action incentive, it's a flat rate lump sum. And uh, also worth pointing out for that one is that there's one credit payable per family. So if you're living a common law or you have a spouse, only one of you will get that, uh, that credit. Right, okay. Um, and there's also other, um, so, so, sorry, there's also some mm -hmm. other credits that people could qualify for, especially students. I know that there's a tuition tax credit. I'm not sure if that's yep. related to the T2202 form. Um, exactly, yeah. So that is that. Okay. And then there's also, yeah. um, I know I was reading on the CRA website, um, stuff about moving expenses, potentially um, interest on student loans. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, please? Just for people who may be a little bit confused if they uh, want to see if they qualify. Sure. Yeah. There are several credits that are available uh, depending on your circumstances. So moving expenses, if you had to move more than 40 kilometers to uh, to be close to your place of work or to your school, you may be able to claim uh, moving expenses for that. Uh, for, for parents uh, with childcare expenses that they've incurred, uh, those that's a deduction that you can claim on your tax return. Uh, like you mentioned, the uh, student uh, loan interest, mm -hmm. uh, that that's a non-refundable tax credit that you can claim on your return. And as also you mentioned, the tuition amount. So that's the tuition amount. It's, it's a non-refundable tax credit, which, which means if you don't have a lot of income, you may not need to use it because it doesn't create a refund necessarily. Right. But, but you should still file a return to report it because you can carry it forward and claim it in future years. When you do have income, you can use it against. Okay. So that's important to know. And if you don't need to use it, you can also transfer it uh, to your spouse or to your parent or grandparent uh, up to $5,000. So that's that's one, one option that's also available. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful information. And I think a lot of students can benefit from that for sure. So thank you for letting us know about that. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess, too, um, a lot of students feel a little bit overwhelmed in the sense of actually how to file taxes. Um, some people, um, you know, kind of just, you know, will maybe give it off to their parents and be like, can you please do it on behalf of me? Um, or some people just try and figure it out themselves. But are there any um, like resources or softwares or anything that you would personally recommend um, or an online tool that is proven to be helpful for people that's pretty um, amateur to the whole process, I guess. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of options available. Like off the top, I mentioned the uh, Learn About Taxes online course. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go to when you go to our website, you can also search for certified software and uh, web applications. A lot of those, uh, there are free uh, options available. And you can take a look at how they're set up. A lot of them are, are very user friendly. They're developed to walk you through a kind of a questionnaire situation. Mm -hmm. So that, that can be helpful. If you're really in a pinch and you need help and you don't really want to 
go to say a tax preparer and, and pay for it. There are a lot of community organizations in the, in the, in the, across Canada that will offer free tax clinics. Uh, you can go online and look to see uh, what tax clinics, clinics are available in your area. Uh, a lot of them are based on whether you have a, you know, very simple, straightforward tax situation and a modest income. Uh, they will do your tax returns for you for free. Okay. So that's, that's another option is, that's, uh, that's available to you. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, um, and you said that that's on the website that people can find those um, softwares and like resources. Yeah. You just go to canada.ca slash taxes and uh, you just go through there and there's a lot of information available. Okay. Amazing. Um, and I personally, okay. So this is actually more of a, I'm not too familiar with this stuff, so I'm not sure if this is going to be phrased right, but um, I know that sometimes it's people are able to claim things like um, medication, um, eyewear, or um, different things that can basically assist people in like their day-to-day function and um, their health. Um, is that something that you can maybe talk a little bit about too for students? Yeah, medical expenses are a whole category of uh, eligible expenses you can claim on your tax return. And there's, uh, depending on your income situation, you may be eligible to claim what's called a refundable medical expense supplement. So if you're if you're out of pocket quite a bit for uh, medical expenses, uh, you can make a calculation on your tax return and get some of that uh, money back. Uh, so yeah, basically, if, if you're paying for, uh, for prescriptions, uh, prescribed eyewear uh, that you're out of pocket for, uh, uh, dental fees. Uh, there's a whole range that if it's not covered by insurance, the, the portion that you're paying out of pocket can qualify as a medical expense. And again, you can go to our website and uh, do a search for medical expenses. And you'll see there's a whole list of what uh, you're able to claim. Okay, amazing. And is there any other advice that you would give to people doing their taxes for the first time by themselves, or maybe just um, feeling a little bit uneasy, whether that's a student or perhaps even an adult listener? I mean, general advice right now is uh, you can go to our website, uh, canada.ca slash taxes, and hit up the uh, page called Get Ready. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of uh, information about sort of walking you through what you need to do to get prepared to file your tax return. And uh, like I said, there's also the community programs out there that uh, mm-hmm. offer free tax clinics. Uh, one thing I just want to add on here, if I may, uh, but, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's just sort of general advice. Right now, March is uh, Fraud Prevention Month. And one of the things we're trying to sort of make everybody aware of and sensitize them to is, is that there's a lot of uh, frauds and scams out there that uh, I'm sure you may have gotten the phone call from the, uh, the, the robo caller saying that this is the Canada Revenue Agency and they're threatening to send you to jail. You know that that's not us calling because we wouldn't uh, use threatening or aggressive language uh, to, to say that you have to pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you get a text message that says click on a link to uh, get a refund, uh, that's not coming from the Canada Revenue Agency. You just uh, delete that. Um, so th- that's just some some general tips and tricks right now to to watch out for uh, the sort of the the frauds and the scams that are out there. And mm-hmm. when in doubt, when in doubt, uh, if you get a call and you want to make sure that it's legitimate, you can call our General Inquiries telephone line. It's one 859 Uh They're available uh, nine nine a.m. to nine p.m. Monday to Friday and nine to five on Saturdays. Uh, they, if you don't find, if you're looking on the website and you're not finding what uh, you need, call that number 959-8281 and our agents will be able to uh, look into your account for you and, and talk to you about your tax situation. 
Okay, amazing. And yeah, thank you for the advice too on the scams and stuff. I know I've uh, picked up many calls that look like they're normal calls in my area. Um, and yeah, I pick it up and it's just, yeah, like you said, threatening, angry messaging, and then I just immediately hang up. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you can't always tell by the phone number that it may look like it's coming locally or may look yeah, like it's exactly. coming from, from the 613 area code, but uh, there's spoofing uh, technology out there that some of these scammers will use to uh, pretend to be legitimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know like growing up, it was always I was always told like 1-800 numbers or anything that just kind of looks a little bit odd, but now it just can look like any other number. So yeah, I always yeah. go. I'm a little more safe, I guess, when picking up random phone numbers um, or try not to. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we end off? Uh, just make sure that you get your tax return in early uh, so that you don't get uh, interrupted on your uh, benefits. Uh, April the 30th is the filing deadline. However, this year, uh, because April the 30th is a Saturday, you have until midnight, May the 2nd to file your return. Okay. Uh, to avoid any, If you have any late filing penalties, you want to avoid that. Otherwise, if you don't owe taxes, it's still important to get your return in as soon as you can so that uh, you get your refund and your credits in a timely manner. Okay, sounds good. Remember that folks, April 30th, or because it's a Saturday, you have even until May 2nd. That's right. And for more information, folks, you can also go to the website, canada.ca slash taxes and find more information about everything that we discussed there. Thank you again so much, Paul, for joining me today. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks a lot, Alex. Uh, you too. Thanks. We're back and you're tuned in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Just now, we had a great conversation with Paul about tax tips for students. And now we are just going to focus on some local news, give you folks some updates about what's going on in your city of Kingston. Providence Care has declared a COVID-19 outbreak on Parkside 2, an inpatient unit at Providence Care Hospital, after four patients have tested positive for COVID-19. COVID-19. The unit is under quarantine and the outbreak will be in place for a minimum of 10 days. Parkside 2 patients will be closely monitored and retested for COVID-19 on a set schedule for the duration of the outbreak. Staff who worked on Parkside 2 during the last week will also be tested for the virus. Providence Care has alerted the Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox and Addington Public Health about the positive cases and is working closely with the teams there. An investigation is also underway to determine how the patients contracted the virus. All patients on the unit and loved ones have been informed about the positive cases. For confidentiality reasons, Providence Care is not able to share any identifiable or additional information about the cases. To help limit the spread of infection in our community, the inpatient unit has implemented several additional measures, including Parkside 2 being closed to admissions, Designated visitors are temporarily prohibited. Only designated care partners and essential visitors are permitted to visit at this time, and visitors must pass screening and show proof of COVID-19 vaccinations to enter the hospital. They must also wear a mask and any appropriate PPE for the duration of their visit. Providence Care will also be continuing to monitor all patients to identify potential cases early. They will continue actively screening staff for COVID-19 sim sy symptoms. Staff must also wear appropriate personal protective equipment, practice physical 
physical distancing and good hand hygiene. Staff with ongoing exposure to the unit will participate in daily rapid antigen testing for the duration of the outbreak, extra cleaning of all high-touch surfaces and common areas. Even with the province easing public health measures, COVID-19 protective measures remain in place at all Providence care sites. They will continue to review safety measures on an ongoing basis to ensure that staff and people are being protected. Current safety measures include reducing visitors, passing screenings, wearing a mask, and providing proof of vaccination. Please visit providencecare.ca for up-to-date information about COVID-19 protective measures in place at all sites. The city is offering local contractors access to a free training on high-performance homes and building science principles to support the successful launch of the Better Homes Kingston program. Set to open in April, Better Homes Kingston is a property loan program that will help owners of single-family homes realize energy-saving retrofits. It will achieve this by giving eligible individuals access to a no-interest loan repayable over a period of up to 20 years. Home retrofits are an important climate action in just one more way. The city of Kingston is demonstrating leadership on climate action, says Julie Salter-Keen, manager of the city's climate leadership division. Not only is the program good for the local industry and homeowners, it's also good for our environment. A more energy-efficient home will increase comfort, affordability, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Typically hundreds of dollars, the city is partnering with industry leader Building Knowledge Canada Incorporation to provide this training to contractors free of charge. In addition to learning the latest and best practices to retrofit homes by taking the course, contractors will become eligible to access the Better Homes Kingston Renovate portal where homeowner projects will be listed. Hundreds of local projects will be created through this program, says Salter Keen. The course focused on high performance homes and building sciences will be led by Building Knowledge Canada and President Gord Cook. After completing this course, participants will walk away knowing the key elements of a high performance home. The Energide rating system program, the science of air, heat and moisture flow, and the materials and methods to help control each in a systematic way. Imagine helping your clients make decisions that simultaneously improve the safety, health, comfort, durability, and energy efficiency of their home, says Cook. Contractors are invited to reserve their spot at an upcoming training session on Zoom. There are two sessions, one on March 16th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and one on March 23rd from 4.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. In the coming months, the city will offer additional courses focused on specialized renovations and trade, and you can stay tuned for more updates. The City of Kingston is committed to creating, improving, and fostering inclusive environments. You can help the city advance this important work by submitting your ideas and feedback on the next multi-year accessibility plan. Reviewed and updated every five years, the multi-year accessibility plan outlines the steps that the city will take to prevent and remove barriers to accessibility. Kingston introduced its first multi-year plan in 2013 and a revised plan in 2018. The plan currently being developed will extend from 2023 to 2025. In order for a city to be a community, you need to create inclusive spaces that foster belonging. You can't feel like you 
belong in a place where there are barriers, says Janet Janes, deputy clerk and project lead on the plan update. Historically, barriers were viewed as physical impediments that prevented equal access to buildings. Today, people recognize and the, para- and the plan reflects that barriers also exist in communication, behavior, technology, and systems. It's our sincere hope that community members will invest in this work by reviewing the plan and submitting ideas to help advance accessibility in Kingston, adds Janes. Every municipality is required to have an accessibility plan in accordance with the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. The plan applies to city spaces, facilities, services, and programs. It is not applicable to privately owned businesses, and it is developed through extensive interviews with city staff, members of the city's Municipal Accessibility Advisory Committee, and other interested parties near to the plan and its implementation. If you'd like to get involved, you can offer feedback at getinvolved.cityofkingston.ca. You can also request an alternate format of any communication and public engagement documents by calling 613-546-0000 or email contact us at cityofkingston.ca. You can offer your feedback by mail. You can call that same number to request a postage paid and pre-addressed envelope. And you can also offer feedback by calling the same number and speak to a customer experience agent. That number again is 613-546-0000. The city is seeking artist proposals for this year's Paved Paradise project, a temporary public art exhibit that first debuted in 2018. The exhibit includes seven pedestrian-level billboards located on the north side of Brock Street at Ontario Street in the heart of downtown Kingston. The 2022 installation will be in place from June to November, and the deadline to apply is Friday, April 15th at 3 p.m. The goal for Paved Paradise 2022 is that the public artwork should be vibrant and visually captivating, and enhance the area as a welcoming, inclusive, and people-oriented space. The call is open to all Kingston-based artists, creatives, and collectives, including but not limited to mural and street artists, painters, photographers, illustrators, mixed-media artists, and printmakers. For more information, you can go to cityofkingston.ca slash explore and find information about that. The city will be hosting an artist information session on Wednesday, March 23rd at 7 p.m. over Zoom. Artists are invited to view a presentation, ask questions about the submission requirements and assessment process. This is not a required meeting, but it is recommended. Interested artists are asked to RSVP at publicart at cityofkingston.ca, or you can visit the Facebook event page before Friday, March 18th for virtual meeting details. You can also go to cityofkingston.ca slash documents and you can look for the call for proposals and you can just check out cityofkingston.ca slash public art for more information about public art in our community. Managing overweight and obesity is challenging, and a new randomized control trial found that, contrary to earlier evidence, making small changes to caloric intake and physical activity levels did not prevent long-term weight gain better than monitoring alone. This research is published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. The trial involved 320 sedentary adults aged 25 to 70 years living with overweight or obesity. The mean age of participants was 52.6 years and 77% were female. They were randomized to either monitoring alone or to a small change approach that involved reducing caloric intake by 100 kilocalories per day or increasing physical activity by 2,000 steps a day throughout the two-year study. Dr. Robert Ross, lead author and professor of health kinesiology at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, says that we found that the small change approach was not more effective than monitoring alone in preventing weight gain at two or three years in adults with overweight or obesity. 
He also goes to say that we had reasoned that the prevention of weight gain by making small changes in dietary intake or physical activity behaviors would be sustainable long-term and would have clinical relevance as even modest weight gain in adults with overweight and obesity is negatively associated with important health outcomes. That is what the authors wrote. Although the small change approach led to reduce weight at 3, 6, 12, and 15 months, by 24 months, the prevention of weight gain did not differ from that associated with monitoring alone. On average, prevention of weight gain was observed in both arms of the trial. Researchers were surprised at the study results, which contrasted with those of a previous study that showed that the small change approach prevented weight gain over three years in a large sample of young adults with overweight. However, in a sub-analysis, the authors observed that weight gain was prevented in adults with overweight, but not those with obesity. More than 63% of Canadians' adults currently living with overweight or obesity with contributes to chronic health conditions. The management of adults with overweight and obesity remains a public health challenge, the authors conclude. A commentary published in the same issue of the Canadian Medical Association Journal discusses the lack of evidence in which um, physical activity and chronic disease prevention in people with disabilities and call for more research. You can find more information about this um, on cfrc.ca slash news and you can go to this article and check it out. After pitching innovative ideas that contribute to making Kingston a better place to live, work, and play, two teams of post-secondary students were named winners of the Mayor's Innovation Challenge. Each winning team and its members have been awarded four-month paid summer internships to implement their ideas. Five years ago, we launched the Mayor's Innovation Challenge. Since then, we've seen so many tremendous pitches, witnessed incredible ideas come to life both in the organization and as business ventures, and we've had many talented students come and work with us. This year was no exception. The ideas that came forward were incredible, says Mayor Brian Patterson. This year, we were able to pilot a high school competition and were blown away by the ideas among Kingston's youth. We were also able to provide Queen's micro-credentials to those interested in completing the program while working on their proposal thanks to our partners at the Dunan Deshpand Queen's Innovation Center. The challenge continues to grow and evolve, and I believe it has tremendous value for students, the city, and the community. I was impressed with how each proposal showcased the team's entrepreneurial mindset and their ability to develop and test solutions that address a real problem in the community. These skills will equip youth to either become entrepreneurs or to drive innovation in whatever career path they choose. DDQIC is honored to partner with the City of Kingston to make the Quixie internship and Queen's micro-credentials accessible to youth across the community. Congratulations to the winning teams and the teams who earned their micro-credentials. This year, the team resume or resume writer won paid internships with the city of Kingston. Their idea presented a personal storage tool that makes customizing your resume for different jobs easy and convenient. The team Off We Go went on to win admission to a four-month incubator program with the Dun and Deshpand Queens Innovation Center. As part of this experience, they will be granted a $7,000 stipend for up to three co-founders, up to $4,000 of seed capital to build a venture around their ideas, along with full participation in the Queens Innovation Center Summer Initiative Program, and the opportunity to pitch again in August for a grand prize of $30,000 to accelerate their innovation. Their idea outlined a platform that provides tailor-made tourist experiences using augmented content and engaging stories. The platform works along with businesses to boost the local economy and with the city who can use the data to make informed decisions. The Mayor's Innovation Challenge was made possible through the partnership and collaboration with Bell Canada and the Dunn and Dishpand Queen's Innovation Challenge. 
Randy Hillier, the controversial independent MPP for Atlantic Frontenac Kingston, announced on Friday that he won't be seeking re-election in June. In an over-20-minute video, Hillier reiterates a number of points he has made throughout the pandemic, views that have oftentimes brought the 63-year-old to the center of controversy. The MPP now says he is ending his 15-year run representing the Lanark Frontenac Kingston region because the, and I quote, political system is broken. We have, in effect, been ruled by the mob for the last couple of years, Hillier said, and I don't see that any ending anytime soon. Hillier continues that he has been condemned because he, quote, dared to have a contrary view, unquote. The MPP says that he has now been frozen out from sharing the views of he and his constituents and legislature due to these condemnations. It wasn't just the municipal councils that condemned me, it was not just the media parrots who condemned me, but also the Ontario legislature has condemned me now on two occasions, Hillier says in the video. The last condemnation over discriminatory remarks and social media posts deemed to be inciting violence resulted in Ontario legislature unanimously voting to pass a motion banning Hillier from participating in the chamber. He's put himself at the center of headlines a number of times throughout the pandemic after already being kicked out of the Conservative caucus by Doug Ford in 2019 over disrespectful comments towards parents of children with autism. He's been criticized on several occasions for spreading COVID-19 misinformation, including social media posts that use deceased individuals' photos own names, suggesting they had been harmed by the COVID vaccine without evidence. Prior to that, in September, Kingston MPP Ian Arthur requested an investigation into Hillier over complaints of Hillier using their personal information without their consent for partisan purposes. He was charged for attending a gathering in Countville in April against pandemic restrictions and has accused the provincial and federal governments of terrorism, a view repeated in Friday's video. In a subsequent letter, Hillier says he will be returning to his, quote, traditional roots of grassroots activism, Unquote. The story is by Owen Fullerton for YGK News for the Local Journalism Initiative. Those are all the updates that I have for you folks. Be sure to check out cfrc.ca slash news for more information and more local news stories. We update that every day so you can catch all your news on there. Thank you again so much for tuning in to Today in YGK with me, Alexandra Fernandez. I hope you have a great rest of your day and don't go anywhere because we have Campus Beat with Dinah Jansen coming up next. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.